Hello, everybody. This is DJ Darkstar, and I have a very special guest with me here in studio, all the way from Oakland, California. I have the band Ultra Q with me in studio today. I have Jacob, Chris, Enzo, and Kevin Judd with me in studio. Thank you guys for stopping by. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be here. Very happy to be here. Thank you. So for uh, those, I'm, for questions I'm going to ask, for those that don't know, uh, how'd you guys meet? How did, how'd you guys get your start in music? Yeah. Um, I met, so I'm Jacob. I play guitar and sing. I met Chris and Enzo, who are brothers, when I was in like second or third grade. We all went to elementary school together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Chris was always the crazy drum guy. And then Enzo was the crazy banjo guy at the time. And then, <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, and then me and Chris started jamming in like middle school, I would say. And then in high school, like early high school is when Enzo started playing with his brother, started playing with us. And then later on, we met Kevin because we needed a bass player because Enzo and I both played guitar. And uh, Kevin learned learned bass for the band. For the guys. For the guys. And uh and uh, yeah, and we've been playing ever since. <laughs> so it's, it's been happy ever after. Yeah, it's been it's been a while now. So so yeah. so you mentioned playing guitar, Enzo. You also play guitar, Kevin, bass, Chris. To my right, plays drums. Mm-hmm. So you, Jacob, obviously your dad, very big musician. Was there any? That's true. Was there very any like pressure of you to pursue music? Is that no. something that you had thought about before, or did, was it just kind of like you kind of just kind of just fell fell into it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I honestly hadn't thought about it at all growing up. Um, I, if anything, I wanted to play sports when I was a kid. I dreamed of being a baseball player until I was probably a junior in high school when I quit baseball. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, because it sucks. No, uh, um, but I like I like learned guitar on like YouTube. Um, and then I just kind of like enjoyed playing. It wasn't until honestly, um, in middle school, I started listening to the strokes that I was like, Oh, this is like, this is something I am really interested in. And like, I really like the way that, that these guitars sound, you know, in my ears, <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> it was very, you know, obviously they're really amazing band. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I, I wouldn't say it was, you know, I fully had plans. I, I went to college for a year and then I dropped out. Uh, like I fully had plans on being a painter in college. You know? I was like, yeah, that's right. From an interview, you, you mentioned about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I just ended up dropping out because I was like, actually, I do love doing this. So then we decided ever since then to be playing this full time. And that, now that's what we do. So. So you, so you mentioned the strokes. Were there any other artists that you guys kind of bonded over? over like mm-hmm. you know talking with each other at practices and things like that well I, I think ones right now for me i'm very into this band called super drag at the moment um and teenage fan club which are like both like great kind of pop writing bands but very like rock and like early emo oriented which is really cool um but I, bands we bonded over though like I think at the time it was like at the time it was strokes or it was hard. interpol I don't think that was later. It was the strokes. It was, we really liked the rack and tours, which is a Jack white yeah. side project, which we, we, we really liked that first rack and tours project. Yeah. It's so a great, <laughs> we actually saw them. We got to play riot fest a few years ago and we got in the rack and tours were one of the headliners. And so we got to watch oh, them play. They didn't, awesome. they didn't play, they didn't play they didn't solar of the lonely, which is our favorite rack and tour song, but they were still really good either way. Um, 
And we saw Bikini Kill play that night too, which is awesome. Um, and Patty Smith. And Patty Smith. It was kind of that Riot Fest year was Stat. had some heavy hitters. I saw Guided by Voices there too. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was really like though. Like Dude, I'm having think, a hard time remembering. <laughs> yeah, me lie. too. I maybe this is like eight years ago. Now. I know. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was I, a while to ago. Me, it was a hundred percent strokes. That was really the main. It was the strokes. Yeah. It was like we at the very beginning when we talked about playing songs and stuff. It was always that band for sure, and like when we started. So blueprint. So yeah. we were also covering like Misfits songs pretty early on. And yeah, like playing the like Buzzcocks like and stuff oh, like yeah, that. So yeah. yeah, we were getting into that stuff too. Generation X. Yeah. Yeah. So so a lot of classic yeah. punk bands. Yeah. And stuff oh yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned about Kevin learning how to play bass there. So. Bass is not your first first instrument. Well, it is my first instrument. But I was a, well, I was a singer, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like more of like that was not your first kind of calling. Calling me better way to yeah. phrase. Well, phrase I had, it. I had been preparing my as a sixteen year old. I was already preparing my like portfolio to go to like cons- music conservatory as a singer. I had been like really going. I had I'd been a, like a classical singer my whole life in various children's choirs, like taking that super seriously. That was definitely my passion for a long time was serious classical singing and, and then, I still love that but. and and then learning and then you eventually learned playing bass too which didn't you I know you said probably in a previous interview that you, your dad helped you out with that because yeah. it was kind of a kind of getting you to play play an instrument well, my dad's it? a bluegrass musician he plays mandolin and uh he had tried to teach me guitar and various other instruments over the course of my life which I which was received by me very poorly. But then, you know, by the time it was like, oh, I could I could probably have this cool opportunity to play with these guys. It's like, all right, Dad, <laughs> you can teach me now. Fine. Enzo yeah. also was teaching me though, to be honest. Um it was it was my dad and Enzo. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Enzo was teaching me the songs and I was but I was but I was still yeah. like did not know what I was doing. Oh, well, I remember the like we had our first practice, and I didn't know like you had the songs. Like I didn't know that you didn't know how to play. Didn't know how to play. I started bass. learning how to play two weeks earlier. I know. Yeah. Like like, <laughs> we, like when we first jammed with you, I was like, oh yeah, he he plays bass. Well, I just cool. like didn't do homework <laughs> yeah. for like a few weeks. I was like okay, and like pl- played all day every day. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, like I wish I wish I mean I wish, but yeah. Yeah. Being, being a grad student, I I have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to do that a little bit. Yeah. There. Uh, speaking of class, I had had earlier before today, so I'm just yep. pretty short on that. But uh, so what I'm hearing is. Uh, Mandolin on the next Ultra Q. I know how to play. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at it <laughs> over the years. Yeah. yeah, I'm liking it too. It's, unfortunately, though, we already recorded the next Ultra Q, so <laughs> there's no that, there's no time. Yeah, I, I was gonna. That's actually one of my questions that yeah. I was gonna ask you guys yeah. about. Um, I had it later on saved down the line, but I was gonna ask about that because I saw on uh, your guys' story that you guys were in the studio. So another yeah. album. Yeah, I, I take or, it, yeah. We were making an EP at first, and then. And then we recorded 11 songs, so we were like, oh, I guess we're making a record. So <laughs> we made another record. Um, we're mixing it right now. I don't know when it's going to come out, but uh, probably pretty soon, though, because, I mean, we're not on a label or anything so we, anymore, so now we just can kind of do whatever we want, you know? So it's do- it's almost done. So, so it's pretty much kind of just on your own time at this point. Yeah, it's kind of whenever we decide to, you know, we're ready to put it out. So probably like early next year, you know? It'll be a lot sooner than a lot sooner than we, we waited almost between a year and a year and a half between recording and releasing our last record. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's because there's so many moving parts when you're on a record label so many to like so many people yeah. involved, so many parts moving. We're like, this is like, this is now just us. And then we recorded with this guy, Bill, Bill Sullivan, who's an amazing producer. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so he, it's just kind of just us and him making it. So yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. It, it already sounds, it sounds really sounds great. Good. I'm very excited. So yeah. even better than My Garden Angel, is that what I... Just, it's what different. I, it's so it's different. It couldn't be more it's, different. Uh, it couldn't be more different. Like if our first record was more of like a dream poppy shoegaze thing that had occasional rock moments, this is very much just like a rock record. Like it's just rock, you know? So if I had to compare it to what you guys have recorded from yeah. previous EPs, I don't think you could. I, I don't think. Well, yeah, I think it's the very closest thing is like get yourself a friend. The closest something. thing That's would probably closest. be get yourself a friend, but it's not like get yourself a friend was more like post punk. You know, it was more yeah. like a lot more angular guitar stuff going on. Where this is like it's rock. This <laughs> is rock music. Yeah, it's just rock. I don't know. You know, it's, it's not as kind of just meat and potatoes rock. You know. <laughs> That's all it is, yeah. So you guys are currently doing shows right now. You just played Eugene. Yeah. And you're playing up in Portland tonight. Yeah. What was that first show for you guys like? As well, that, a band together. Yeah. Talk we, way, way no. back. Oh, oh the first way, show. First okay. show as a band together. Our oh, first oh. show was at a... No me. Yeah. I came in a year later. Kevin wasn't playing with us at the time. Our first show was at... Our local record store called One Two Three Four Go Records, and this I was, love that record yeah. store so much. By the way, I order a ton of it's, records. It's awesome. They yeah. used and then they used to have a back, you know, little room that they would have shows in, but now they just use it for inventory. Um, but our first show there was we weren't planning on playing, but then my dad walked in the room and we were practicing and was like, "Hey, there's a show tonight. Do you want to just play?" And we were like. Okay, sure. So we, we we like got there. We were playing with uh, uh, my family friend Jason White's band called California, um, and we were the first ones. We got up there. We played first, and I remember being like terrified. But it was like this <laughs> tiny little record store we played in. And then I remember afterwards, we were all sit- standing outside, like freaking out. And then this guy comes up to us, and he's like, "Hey, can I take your picture?" And we we're like, "Sure." So we all stood against the wall, and he took our Polaroid. And it wasn't until he, he gave us the Polaroids too. And it wasn't until like way later that like, but I was like, I was asking my dad about it. I was like, like, who was that guy that took the, our, these Polaroids? Like we had these pictures, you know, from our first show. He's like, oh, that's Blake from Jawbreaker. And no, I was like, holy, sh- <laughs> holy shoot. That's crazy. <laughs> and so like, it's a kind of a crazy first memory of being like, oh, whoa. Like that one experience that first, you know, time was, you know, we just played like 20 minutes and then got out of there and hung out and. Yeah, that was our first time. <laughs> How no, old were you? I was fourteen. Enzo was fourteen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And now, baby. Yeah, you guys and, were you guys were Jacob Danger at the time, yeah, and then was, Kevin came in Mount Eddie. Yep. You guys still play some of those Mount Eddie songs. I'm just we curious. Do. Occasion, I, yeah. I, I, is it just more just the nostalgia? Is it just for fun? Do you guys just love playing them? Uh, like, I think it's a mixture of. People really like hearing those songs at shows. They always ask for them. So I think we're just like, yeah, we'll play them. And then also, like, people still listen a lot more to Mount Eddie than they do to Ultra Q. So <laughs> I think it's nice to play songs that people Not know. According to Spotify really Rap well. this year. Yeah. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's a mixture of a couple of things. one or two. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. They're, they're fun songs. And so, I, good crowd energy. Maybe yeah. You feed off that and makes it feel good. Yeah. It's fun to do yeah. both. Definitely, so, definitely my favorite one would be I Love Robert Smith. 
big Cure, Cure fan one. myself. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So definitely love hearing that, hearing that live yeah. as well. And speaking of Spotify Wrapped, you guys were you guys were my number one. Oh yeah, on there. that's awesome. So, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Top yeah. For, top Thank for you so that. much. Yeah. It was like every everybody everybody up here like talking to like all my friends and coworkers up here. They're like. We're not surprised yeah. <laughs> by how much I talk about you guys. They're like, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're not surprised uh, about that in the slide. <laughs> that's great. Spreading the word. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You guys are, you guys do, you guys have great music. I will say Thank, that. You. Thank you. So the change in style, even too, I appreciate the change in style from Mount Eddie to Ultra mm -hmm. Q as well. The name, how did that come about from that? And when did you guys start going in this direction? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I we ended Mount Eddy back in 2018, and it was, that was around when I was going. I, I left for college, and honestly, I don't think there was really any plans to play anymore after that. Like, we were kind of just done. Um, and then, obviously, I didn't have... I mean, I, I finished my time at college, and it seemed like, oh, I, I want to play music again. I miss it very much. So then we were just talking, and... I mean, the name comes from an old Ultraman series show, or it's the prequel show for that, Um and then I think the change in style was just that we were just interested in other stuff, you know, like I, I was just at the time kind of bored of playing straight away rock music, which is funny now that's kind of full circle that now <laughs> that the most recent thing we just made is going to be kind of just straight away rock music. I mean, it just, uh, just goes to show but that. But it's very different. It is very different stylistic. We can't pin ourselves down. No, it changes every time, you know. We, we're, we're fans of all kinds of music and... I think to narrow ourselves down to like one type, it's it can be restricting, but it's just most fun for us to play whatever we're listening to, kind of. Yeah, that's I think that's a really good way to put it. It's just kind of whatever we're listening to, and right now that's what we wanted to make. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think the change though was just you know we felt like we wanted to do to do something different, and uh, yeah. yeah, fair. No, and I totally echo those same similar sentiments Enzo like I'll, from my own style of playing like obviously my family knows that like I like listening to a lot of punk rock music mm. but when I like play like a very slow song or something that's just very like jammy type of deal so similar to that Grateful Dead influence that I was talking to you guys a little bit about grew mm -hmm. up listening to it like they're kind of taken aback out of left field and I'm like well if it's something I'm for me sometimes too when I like record it's like oh whatever I'm listening to or whatever inspires me within that moment. So totally, totally understand about yeah. that. You guys released your first EP in 2019. Starting uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, what went into that there? Cause there's, there's, there's quite a few songs, a couple songs I want to ask about uh, the yeah. recording process and how that, that kind of went. Wacky. That was a wacky time. Yeah. Th that was like a very, that first EP is a very handmade personal, like, almost bedroom rec like EP, you know, it was like, it was very like, everything was very intentional and everything was, you know, it has our hands all over it. Like if, if that makes sense, you know, like we, like we were very particular, I think at the time, because it was the first thing we were doing, you know, and we wanted to be very specific, um, in style. And I think that, I think that, I think that comes across over the whole EP. It's like, it's very, it has, even though, you know, obviously we do, there's some songs that are more, you know, up-tempo and some that are slower and stuff. Um, I think stylistically, it's very, like, consistent and has, like, a specific tone, which is cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very much just us 
spending time and being trying to be like specific to a sound that we wanted to, to have. The one song I wanted to ask about Redwood. I know you guys don't yep. play that much, that one as often, mm-hmm. but kind of what can you share anything kind of interesting that went into recording that song there? Cause uh, the, the, uh, the, I love always the intro of that song and the yeah. power Rangers thing <laughs> yeah. in there. So I'm just yeah. curious, how did you guys uh, like record that? How did that all bring in all, in all those like sound effects and stuff yeah. kind of happen with, with the record no, and also yeah. too in that song in particular? Yeah. I mean, I knew that that song was definitely about nostalgia. And for me, power Rangers was a big thing for me as a kid. And same, <laughs> you know, um, and if you watch the video, there's like, I, I like it, it's in the video too. Um, but I mean, honestly, I just went to YouTube and I did like a YouTube to MP3 converter <laughs> and I just downloaded it. And I would just make my chop my own samples and kind of layered them. Like there's, I took a sample from Interstellar, the scene where Matthew McConaughey's like going into the black hole, uh, which I thought like was a cool combination. I just thought it sounded cool, you know? Um, so I just yeah. kind of layered that stuff together and, uh, and made this wacky intro that, I really enjoyed, you know, a lot of it is, you know, like there's can be so many, you know, Oh, there's so many meaning to so many things, which is true. But I feel like sometimes just doing things because they feel good and because they sound good to, to your ear, you know? So that was it for me. Yeah. As long as you enjoy it. Right. That's all that yeah. matters. And people enjoy it too. That's awesome. Yeah. As well. Like that's yeah. my, that's my philosophy when it comes to uh, recording music uh, for myself. Like, mm-hmm. Like, hey, if people love it. That's awesome. But yeah, that that that's I did not know that part of that was part of Interstellar. That's yeah. <laughs> There's a couple random things. There's one that's a clip from like a 1950s health PSA for drinking out. Like it was a, it was about like an it was a negative video or like PSA video on drinking alcohol. It's supposed to get people to stop drinking alcohol. That's what that voice is at the end. The like through the veins to the heart part. Um is from so I don't know I just I looked in the depths of YouTube and found all sorts of fun you know Easter eggs and toys to throw in there so yeah that that's that's kind of cool and I didn't I did not know that so that's yeah. that's that's awesome and then afterwards going to get yourself a friend did you guys want to change stylistically from what you did there did you have a vision for that EP and what you want to do yeah well? We, well that was our Coming first off of coming off of in a game in a in a video game as well yeah there because i know you guys recorded that during covid that was the covid one that one's like almost a hardcore ep like that like like those songs if if we had recorded those songs as a band because those are like you know i recorded those during covid um it would have been a pretty much a hardcore ep which is really cool um but get yourself a friend was our first release with a record label like ever we had never done anything with a record label really before and so um, I think we knew it was going to be a different experience because of that. And it was, you know, it was a really cool and fun experience. And we recorded those with our friend, Martin cook, who's also an amazing engineer and producer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think we knew at the time, you know, at the time those songs, you know, they're very post-punk. There's some like it's permanent is almost like a goth <laughs> rave song, you know, in a way sometimes. Um, and I, yeah, I think we just had, a specific vision and it was our first time. I think the real change though was being with the record label with Royal Mountain at the time. Um and uh and yeah, which was a totally kind of different experience, you know, having to like record stuff and then show it to people afterwards, you know, was yeah. always kind of a like be like, "Oh, check this out. Like this is what we made and you had like they have to approve it." I mean, they were very hands-off 
during our experience with them. They were very chill and hands off, but um, it definitely was a different kind of vibe and energy than what we're used to, you know? Makes sense because you guys have been doing that for so long too yeah. as well being independent and now you're in kind of unfamiliar territory essentially with that first release on a record label yeah a bit. absolutely did your dad offer any advice to you on how to navigate that or was it um, just kind of like you guys were figuring things out as you guys went not really yeah I, th I think we really just kind of figured it out as we went i mean i think we know so many horror stories of bands that we're friends with and stuff that have had bad experiences on record labels and or you know have lost whole albums know, lost whole albums like all sorts of crazy things that have happened wow. you know and um i think this time though like we had a great experience with royal mountain you know like there are super great if you're if you're a band out there and you're looking for a label look no more look for for royal mountain they're a great label um but uh yeah i i think it was just kind of you know, we're used to, obviously you can tell with our music, we're used to just kind of doing whatever we want and jumping around and, and, and we still did of course with, with these, but I think it was different, you know, a different feel kind of having that eagle eye over you, just like watching over, you know, even if they were very hands off, it's just knowing that it's there, it's kind of a different experience. Um, but I mean, we had a great time and I'm, I'm really proud of the, of that EP and the way it turned out and. You know, like some of our favorite songs to play are on that. Like we love playing that song, Gatesville Friend. So. That 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 is one of my like repeat songs <laughs> nice. that I listen to one. a lot. It's, a it's permanent as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, handheld too. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> someone listens to handheld. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I, I really I, I enjoy the entire EP uh, and all Thank the you. tracks on there. For um, I, I know you mentioned in interview that some of that was from a project you had scrapped prior yeah. to that. So which songs actually are from that? first yeah. album that you guys end up kind of putting away on the on the shelf essentially before mm -hmm. doing doing in a game in a cave in a video video game yeah uh, it was before in a cave it was after so it was right before covid we had recorded a full record and the songs that were on that record that made it to the e that we ended up re-recording for the ep were pupkin uh bowman here's so friend Gersel Friend and Handheld. So almost all of it. The only Have the, we done Handheld? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. That was an old demo. Um, so, yeah, it just didn't... I think if COVID... Obviously, so many things would be different. But oh, yeah, if COVID hadn't happened, I think that record would have come out. I think we just had the opportunity just to sit on it and wait for too long. And then, you know, after a while, you're just kind of like, oh, like maybe we should do this again or just, you know, like we should change this, you know, cause you know, after two years of waiting for something, it's like, okay, this is not the same as it was. It just wasn't going to be, you know, right for that, that moment for us. But, um, but yeah, we scrapped that whole record, uh, which, you know, it happens. It's the way it goes, you know? Yeah. That's life. But do you plan to ever like revisit some of those old ideas or you're probably well, Dude. one of those songs we just, we just recorded like a week ago. Yeah. That's on our new, it's on the new record. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Two of them actually. Holy. Yeah. What's Two, the other one? M mobile suit. What's the other one over there? Oh um, yeah. That wasn't on that. Yeah. I think so I, th I thought we recorded that. No. no. Okay. So then just one of them. I don't know. <laughs> <Mobile> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think one suit. day. Because we still have those songs. Like, we still have those recordings. We'll they're just in a vault, you know? They're just hidden away. I think one day, you know... year anniversary. We'll just grab it and <laughs> throw it out and just be like, oh, check this out. We made this and we didn't use it, you know, someday. I don't know. 
Uh, I honestly haven't listened to it in a couple of years, so I'll, have to ch- I'll check it out. But. Same. I'm actually pretty intrigued as to what it <laughs> yeah. sounds like. I, I totally I no forget. Idea. Yeah. But uh, it definitely was a precursor, I think, to the Get Soul Friend EP. Like, I think it was similar to that in style is, is what I would say. So you, d- you didn't basically stray away too far from that, I, I take it, from what no, from, yeah. from that. I think it's pretty consistent. Like, it feels like it was the precursor to that release for sure. And speaking of that era, the the title track itself, the music video, I love the visuals on that music video. Can you Same, talk a little yeah. bit about about that? Like, Happily. it's really, yeah. really, it was like it's from yeah. what I heard in previous interviews. Really cool story of how that kind of came, came yeah. to be and how that happened. We got to re- make that video with an amazing director from Japan. His name is Panaki, and uh, he had just uh, we he had met our manager and. He is. He was a fan of you know the old shows and stuff, so he knew you know the references that we were going for, and he was pretty much just like, "Show up on this day, we're gonna make this video," and we had no idea what we were walking into, like we like we had no idea what what it, like we had a little bit of a you know a pre description of what he wanted, like the style he wanted, and we had seen some of his old videos, yeah. but he was in town. He was only in America for like one more day after that because he was here doing a video for um he was doing a marvel movie no it, it, it was the video for um he was doing two i think he was doing something for marvel but he was also doing like a bts video n- not bts the, it was another big group like that though oh really oh i'm forgetting the name ah, okay. but he was doing like another big video so he was only there we were like the last thing he's gonna do before he went back home and um yeah and he shot the whole thing on film and in a day, in a day <laughs> and it was really wow. just like an hour day. It was really just like I had one lunch with him beforehand where we kind of talked about the ideas like yeah. like we threw in a reference to one of my favorite cure videos where we hung a camcorder on a rope from the ceiling and then like swung it around and stuff, which is a reference. It's, I took that idea from a cure video from the in between days video, which I really love. Um, and yeah, so it was just kind of us bouncing ideas off each other. And then, you know, he just ran with it and such good direction he was amazing it's my favorite craziest experiences i think yeah we've ever had given the budget but yeah there was like such a little like he really just was like he just wanted to be there so badly so he just made he found all these people to pretty much volunteered to be there which was incredible i was like i don't know what to say but thank you you know for being here um and Honestly, I think one of my favorite experiences we've ever had as a band. Yeah. Like that's and probably my favorite video we've ever made. And you best know, Thai food of my life. Yeah, we, yeah. Whatever oh, studio we rented for the day. Yeah, like some yeah. like the the mom of whoever owned it like worked in the kitchen. Yeah, and made us and the lunch. Yeah. Made us the greatest Insane. Thai food I've ever had. It was awesome. Wow, yeah. that I forgot about that. And Sam Panaki didn't speak. It. The only thing he knew how no. to say in English was okay or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't right? speak a lot of English. Yeah. So he had it like his manager was there who like spoke more English and he would translate. And so like, I remember we'd be shooting a clip and then like he'd be like, oh, stop. You know, he'd, he'd tell everyone to stop. And then he'd talk, he'd like whisper into his manager's, his manager's ear. And the guy would come over to me and go, he's like, look more dead inside. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could do that, <laughs> but I know Panaki. If, if you're out there, we all love you and miss we you. Love you. We want to yeah. see you again soon. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Japan right before COVID to play some shows, but right it, after. you know, it got April. right before. What was it like April? Yeah, doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, but it got canceled because of COVID. So 
I do one day. I, I love that cue of yeah. one more dead inside. <laughs> yeah. dead inside. I know. <laughs> that is that that is that is, that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious in there. Yeah. And then from that break into there, you guys recorded your debut album, My Guardian Angel. Yeah. Where the name come from from that and kind of what was that recording process like? Because you sh- you guys shared a little bit of that on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious. Because I talked I talked to Kevin a little bit about mm-hmm. like the long wait process uh, the show up in Portland yeah. and uh, and I kind of want to hear all from you guys about about that for about this yeah yeah so so that record we recorded with uh, Chris Cody who's a, another great producer who I who we would love to work with again someday um, but he's you know he, obviously he's done so many ins- insanely amazing projects. And so going into this, we were like, <laughs> kind of, I, I was really nervous just because yeah. knowing, you know, all the stuff that he had done, you know, he'd worked with beach. He did like all of our favorite beach house records. He had done worked with the yeah, yeah, yeahs, cold cave, you know, like all sorts of incredible band. He had just done the new surf curse record right before we, right before we started working with him. So we were all just kind of like, I was really nervous going into it. Holy moly. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, but he is like, he is a mastermind of just recording and getting specific sounds and tones and soundscapes and stuff. Like he's, it, it was an experience I'll never forget. Like that month that we were with him, or like three weeks that we were with him, you know. Um, but yeah, like like again, like that was an, another experience where it was nothing like anything we'd ever done. You know, like usually when we we had recorded in the past, it was very quick and it was very, you know not a lot of studio time, you know, this time uh, also not a lot of studio time. We were in East West studios in LA for two days and we recorded in the beach boys pet sounds room, which was kind of mind blowing also. Um, and, and I, you know, it it was such a long and not grueling, but it was definitely a challenging process. And I, but I think, you know, like it shows in the final product in the final product, you know, um, all the kind of love and attention that went into that. And, you know, me and Chris Cody spending <laughs> so many hours just like on the phone together or on FaceTime, like working on mixes and changing things, you know, it was, it was an experience. It was like boot camp. It was awesome. You know, it was really fun. Uh, Enzo named the album. That was his idea. I forget how I got there though, but I think it was based <laughs> off of, I watched them going away. Yeah. And then I was yeah. just trying to draw more thematic yeah, from that song because we had a title before, but my our manager was like, I think that means something other than what do you think. It, I don't know. He was just like, <laughs> hey, you know, it's probably a good call. But well, didn't we all write words on cards and pick <laughs> yeah, them out of a hat? We, did, and, like, like, we picked them? out of a hat. Yeah, too. we, we put, we put a bunch it. of words in a hat, and I think maybe that's how we got it. Actually, is that how we did it? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I think we put. Another one was uh, Supply Chain Nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. That was one of them. Uh, A little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. My Green Angel's good. Yeah. I think it works because our, like, thesis song for this thing was I Watched Them Go, you know, like the weird drum and bass song that we did. Um, Because, you know, like, I wanted to make something. At the time, I was very into making, you know, like, sampled beats and stuff, which I was doing. And then... It was the furthest out we'd ever. It was gone. the furthest out, so it felt it felt you know fitting to have that be our like, okay, this is like the thesis of this record is that song, you know. Um, so, 
I mean, I'm, I'm very proud. I can't believe it's only been, it came out in June. Yeah. It hasn't really even been that long since it came out. That's no, crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy to... Turn yeah, crazy and we already thing. recorded another record. <laughs> I know, like, guys, you're already on tour, t- touring, and now recording another album after yeah. releasing your debut. Like, you guys are putting in putting in work. We're trying, you know? It's, it's, hard, it's hard to stay... <laughs> as a band of our size, it's really hard to stay busy, you know, because... You know, you try to get these support tours and everyone, you know, for every tour, it's just like a mud fight of everyone, you know, submitting themselves and trying to get on, you know, on these tours. And, and we've gotten a few, you know, like we, we did that Waves and Cloud Nothings tour in the summer. Yeah. And then we did a tour with Pangea in the spring. And 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 so, like, you know, we, we've had our moments. And so I think it's just our motto right now is just trying to play locally and small as and like think locally almost just kind of like our motto right now it's like we're playing house shows right now like we played someone's backyard last night and it was super muddy and crazy but it was a good time you know it was a great time time. and uh and uh yeah so i think right now for bands of our size that's kind of just all you can do is try to stay as busy as you can and so yeah we recorded another record (laughs) and here we are that's awesome yeah no uh Speaking of speaking of that tour with Waves and Cloud Nothing's there, uh, I think out of everybody in the crowd, I was the only one there to see you guys. Probably, <laughs> not surprised at all. Yeah, uh, and even some people I knew from like a, a local Portland band called uh, Silver Tongue, they were there to see Waves too. And I mm. think I, I was talking to them because they had come by because uh, we have a. In addition to our radio booth up here, we have a TV studio where we oh, bring cool. in for a show we have called Locals Live, where we have bands from the Oregon area come in to play, and they came in uh, for that. So that's how I met them, and uh, I think I probably turned them on to your, your guys' music so cool. from talking talking yeah. to them. So Sweet. it was like nice. that's kind of the way it goes. Like yeah. usually on these tours that we do, no one knows our band. Like you know like like we'll go to play and it's just like a wall of people who have no idea who you are what you do and then i mean the goal is just by the end of the show you win a couple of them over you win a couple of them over and the next time that you come and play your own show like you know hopefully they come out you know and that's kind of been our bread and butter for like the last couple of years has been just kind of trying to be that first band on a tour and then play where no one knows you and Hopefully they turn up next time, you know, like see, see if it happens, you know, but uh, yeah, I, that's kind of been the way it goes for us the last couple of years. So on that tour too, you guys played songs off of uh, My Guardian Angel even before the release yep. date. I think I, like when I first heard Saturday live, I was kind of blown away by cool. it. Like it was really cool sounding like very very cure inspired mm-hmm. but very much different almost a little different from what i've heard you guys do before yeah. like with uh with get yourself a friend in a cave in a video game but like and also to starting it along uh for that but like all all of that was like re- really cool to hear that for the first time like I know you guys gave out the record to show at the show as well too. Yeah. So I didn't want to spoil it for myself because release date was only nine days away. But it was really cool to like hear that. So you guys made you guys made a conscious effort to like play those for that. Was that part of what you were coming up with for that tour yeah. too to play a couple of those songs before absolutely release date? So it kind of coincided a little bit. That that was definitely an act of choice. Was you know we we chose 
you know, it was a discussion we had whether or not to play the new songs before the record came out. And we chose, yeah, because, you know, we thought it'd be a fun, just like what you said, a fun experience for people who, you know, the few people in there who knew us, it would be fun to, it would be fun for them to hear us play some of those new songs, I think. Um, and, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that song is definitely, you know, I think of plain song by the cure, which is the for opening track of disintegration. That's like, that was the inspiration for that one. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, it's funny. We honestly haven't really played it that much since, <laughs> but because just because yeah, it's, it's a, a challenge, it's a challenging song to play and you need good sound equipment. You know, you, you need like a solid, we're still working on it. You know, <laughs> so, like, like fair, some of these we're fair, still figuring yeah, out yeah, how to play, yeah. but, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, like it, if that was a great time to be able to play those, you know, right before the record came out. Yeah. Cause as soon as I got it, I'm like, well, I could listen to this now or I could wait. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of glad I waited. Cause from that, my own, my own, um, opinion, just listening through, I was like, wow, like this is a, this is a great, al- great album. That was my mm-hmm. first like reaction through, through the list. And I was like, there was not really a song where I could like go. I'm like, Oh, I'm not a big fan of like, I still listen mm-hmm. to that album on repeat every nice. single song That's off of awesome. that. Um, that's great so yeah. it was definitely one there but for I was gonna say for Saturday I guess how or for how that release came out rather that's more what I'm gonna focus this question on mm-hmm. um, so that you had mentioned that I watched them go was kind of the, the lead off song sort yeah. of thesis for that and then kind of how did you guys did you guys kind of collectively together kind of pick the rest of the singles off of off that album or was that yeah. kind of a record labeled decision it was a little bit of both. Like they yeah. kind of gave us their list of how they would do it, and then we made our our own list. Um, do you remember? It was definitely yeah. some deliberation. I think. Like, well, I think it. I think uh, us and our team and our label agreed on at least several of the songs, and then actually, one of the fine people at our label, Connor, really fought for uh, "Klepto" being a single. Yeah, that wasn't going to be a single at we, first. That was not one that any of us were like, this should be a single. And he was like, this 100% needs to be. And now it's, it's a top song. And now it's our top song. Klepto <laughs> um, is a really good song. One of my favorites off that, off the album. Yeah. So so it was both. But <laughs> yeah. he wasn't like you. He wasn't like telling us it needs to be a song. But he really yeah. was like really stressing. He was like, this song really should be yeah. one of the singles. And we we're like, all right. He just felt very passionate about it, about which it was one. like, honestly, that was all I it was like, sure. If, that, if, like, if you feel that way, that's that's like all I need to do it, you know, to throw it on there, which is kind of what, what was amazing about being on our label was that it wasn't so much be, people being like, oh, you got to do this and this because, you know, we're the boss and this is what we tell you. It was more like you should really do this because I care so much about it and I love this song and it should be that way, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was definitely a deliberation between us and the record label. Fair. And uh yeah, no, Klepto is definitely I think the one of the few that I go I go back to mm. off of off that album. Uh until there and like you already had answered my question about um you already answered my question about the, about uh, future future music because yeah. that was I was like I I, didn't expect, I was kinda like, Whoa, okay, my my prepared questions have been kind of thrown Oh yeah. Thrown, thrown <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you guys about like the recording process in general. Cause 
and how you guys come up with song ideas. Cause yeah. I always like talking about that stuff. I kind of find it interesting that everybody has yeah, like a yeah. different way of doing it. So when you come up with a song, how does that process kind of go? Because for, I'll say my thing, it's more of like, I just kind of play something and then until I think it sounds good and remember to record it, show to somebody yeah. like, let's go do something with this. But I don't know how it is for you guys in that regard. When you guys come up with an idea for, for a track or anything like that. Yeah. I would say usually nine times out of 10, it's like something like I'll start with something. I'll have like a riff or a lot of the times it's rhythm too, like drums. I'll start with drums fun funnily enough. Um, and then I'll kind of bring a little bit of a demo or idea, like a start of something to the group, you know, and then we'll build off that. Um, this time though, you know, for this record, we recorded the, we recorded the, 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 um, the instrumentals pretty much all live together in a room. So we just had, we like, we had, we were all in the same room, drums, but Manzo and I's amps, Kevin on bass, and we recorded all the songs completely live. My arms about fell off. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. I don't know how much longer yeah. I can do this. Because we would do a take, you know, and then it would be like, oh, like, that was so great. But then one person would be like, oh, I messed up this one part. And so it's like, well, we got to do it again, you know, like, the, for like the, five or six hours per song. Yeah. It's like it took, what it was averaging out to be. We were, yeah, we only like we would start at 10 and get and finish at like seven to eight. And we'd do like two songs that day. You know, we would get two two songs done that day. One and a half, um, two. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we were averaging like one and a half songs a day. Uh, and then I came back, or and then I on my own finished the vocals and did those afterwards, just because I wanted them to sound right. You know, nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was a whole new experience for us. Like like we like we recorded in that a similar way as Mount Eddie before, like way back. But, but not really. Not like this though. This was like really. We played together live, you know, which was really cool. Was I was saying you said similar to Mount Eddie. Was that for Chroma that yeah. you guys yeah, did that? That for? was that was for that one that we did that. Um, I think even the actually the Mount Eddie EP. The EP may have been that way too. Actually, we, we did both guitars and drums, but then bass was overdubbed. Overdubbed. Yeah, it was done after. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So and th that was really just that was Bill, our producer Bills. That was his idea. Like that was his. He was pretty adamant about like. Like being a band and playing. Good call. Yeah, which will honestly sounds so different. Hearing it now, like listening, because we have like the just the the straight audio ripped from the room, so no, nothing mixed, yeah. nothing you know whatever, and it honestly sounds like amazing. You know, like I, I can't wait for the mix, the mix, and for you know the rest of it because yeah. I mean I'm just like already floored with it. You know, like I I couldn't be. I remember the first day we got the first song back. Just the bounce with now without vocals, I was like, "Oh boy!" Yeah, it's it's this is pretty sound pretty good. It's a pretty different. Um, if you're used to our band, it, these recordings are going to be a, a kind of a different feel and vibe, I think, which is cool. Slight callback to Matt Eddie. Slight callback to Gay Soul Friend. Kind of. Yeah. There's just a little bit of both those, but also continuing moving forward and also representing where everybody is at. As yeah. a musician right now, it really pulled the stops. It definitely is a yeah. showcase, I think, of where our musicianship is as a band at this moment, which is cool. Yeah. Um, we played very in. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was very nice. And I know I had asked you about one song already from, um, from that old album back during COVID for mm -hmm. that. But for, so do you guys tend to revisit those songs? Because, like, I know you guys re recorded 
teether for for my yeah. angel so is was that something that you guys kind of think about if like Oh, it we is. have this idea kind of sitting around and want to re-record it or want to rework it or reshape it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a f- several on this that that have been, you know, yeah. songs that we re- that we went back to to check out, yeah. you know, because a lot of times, you know, like I'll write something and maybe it doesn't feel right at the time, you know, like if I wrote a song that fit on this record, which is like predominantly a rock record and at the time of making My Guardian Angel... It kind of, you know, like it's a different feel, you know, it's a different vibe that I, I just don't think would fit. So, um, yeah, like, like this is something that, yeah, we went back again. Our first goal was to make just a five song EP. And then we kind of just both wrote a bunch more songs and then also looked back on a bunch of songs as well. And, um, that's how we kind of ended up with 11, you know? So I don't know if there's going to be all 11 on the record. It'd probably be more like nine or 10. Um, but it's the thing that we do a lot is we'll go back and look at old songs, you know, to see, like, there's a song on here that I wrote in like 2019, 2018. So it's like an old, like, like there's one I wrote a long time ago on here, you know? So like start of, start of ultra Q. Yeah. Like right before, probably like right before ultra Q. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So for you guys, I mean, I know you can't talk a little much about this album, but for My Garden Angel, what are your favorite songs off of that album? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's Rip. Rip. I think Rip's my favorite song off of there. I don't know. I, I, I just love the guitars on that song. I think it's really fun. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's always been Saturday for me. Even though I, I don't go... I mean, I don't know. That's my simple answer. I don't, it's just... I find myself walking, and then it's just can, like that one? it can be such a good main character moment to throw Saturday on. It is a, it is a nice yeah. one like that. <laughs> Kevin, my favorite is "I Want to Lose" for sure. That's mm. my favorite one on the whole album. Controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep cut. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I love that song. That's awesome. Baseline, two two basslines. There's two basses. Two basslines. Yeah, there's there's two basses. It's the the main bass and the you know. And f- another fun fact is the strings at the end, we used the same strings that The Cure used on Catch from Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. It's like the same um, synth strings that they use on that, which is really cool. It was fun to use. I am a, uh, I'm a Saturday guy, but I love how it goes into VR sex and to, uh, yeah, and that song. That's Those, those are a good, a good back The one-two punches. It's a good opening. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fade out to fade in, fade out between both songs as well. Like, yeah, just like listening to it full for that first time just hits you like right, right away afterwards yeah. on that. Uh, but like, yeah, like the I guess like for you, Chris, it's pretty much a because I've screened my way here uh, on that. <laughs> but for you, Chris, for for recording drums, how mm-hmm. do you approach that? I mean, for you, I know your kind of background being a drummer, being a prodigy at it, but like. What's your what's your philosophy <laughs> recording for recording yeah. for recording uh drums there? Do you like your parts? Is it like? So I also want to give the drummer some love a little bit. I too, think you know, but <laughs> but uh, is it like a, a riff kind of wise or like what is it? What do you kind of go for when you when you hear those demos that Jacob prepares? Um, I, I Jacob pretty ha- pretty much has a well rounded idea of what he wants the song to be when by the time we all hear them. Um, so I tend to not stray too far from 
you know, Jacob's idea. Um, I'll maybe add a couple things here and there, but um, in terms of like my approach, I think it's just keeping it simple and, and making sure that supporting Jacob's ideas is, uh, is what's most important to me, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's my approach. That's fair. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of like how I would say for everybody else kind of fills in for the rest of those songs too, from mm. what you, what you end up bringing yeah. into, the, into the recording process there. I think the person who deviates the most is probably Enzo. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause like there's some, like I can think of songs from this where it's like, it was, I had a riff and then you made a lead line and that totally changed the song, you know? And then it became a new thing after that. Can't hold me down. Can't hold him down. So, yeah. uh, so it's like when <laughs> you you zig, Enzo zags in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. that does happen a lot. Yeah, it's kind of even when we were recording in the live room and we were doing takes. Seriously, I was like still improvising, and they were <laughs> like, "Can you just?" Like, it drove us a little bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, you, you, got, you guys you were like, got can, "Can you just not?" Yeah, <laughs> no more, imp- no more improv. Pick yeah. one and run with it. I'm yeah, like, all right, okay. But yeah. who doesn't love improv though? Yeah, that's true. Yes, I, I don't when uh, my arms are about to. <laughs> my, my, hour my, eight, my hour eight of playing straight all day. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I was like, dog, come on. <laughs> yeah. Keep it fresh, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it drives me crazy. But I, I and when, when I speak on improv myself, I mean, like I said, I grew up, I grew up listening to jam bands. So like mm. improv is, is part yeah. of it is the name of the game. It <laughs> is true. name of the game on there. Uh, that's, that's definitely, uh, for sure on there. And then I kind of wrapping things up a little bit uh, here. So I want to throw in some fun questions. I know kind of done the little bit Q and a yeah. style thing and being a, being a reporter by trade, that's part, part of it as well. But like my kind of fun questions are, what do you guys kind of see this, your band going in five years? You know, like where do you think you guys will be from here now? Cause that's tough. Yeah. I have no idea to be honest. I mean, or, or as, or within the next year. Yeah. Uh, that, that might be a little more reasonable. True, true, right? true. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I want to make more records. Like, I want to, I think, record more frequently. Like, I, I, that, I think that's what, the one thing I probably haven't enjoyed so far. Or not haven't enjoyed, but the, the one thing I would change is that we used to take a lot of time in between releases, which, is, which was nice for s- certain things. But I think now I'm like, I'm ready to just, like, make a record put it out and then we play those songs for a bit and then we make another record and you put it out again you know like we might make another record next year or you know this year or this year or yeah, 2024 20, yeah, yeah we might put out two records next year i don't know you know <laughs> like it's very well possible but uh yeah i mean i, I think for I think me, it's really hard to know it's hard because, to know you know we've been doing this for a really long time and obviously we would all like to be a famous band that doesn't need to have day jobs by now but you know that you can't. That can't just happen overnight, and that can't. You can't. So I think that we're just gonna keep we're doing our thing and having fun and making music and. Yeah. That's. I think that's that's the plan, and I think getting a little bit. I think it's a little bit of a losing game. We, we I think we now know it's a little bit of a losing game if we get a little too hung up on like With that mindset. The, on future thinking, specific addiction. future thinking. Yeah. Like. Like it's good yeah. to have goals. You really don't know what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly, it's good to have goals, I mean, but it's like the goals have to be. I think something we've learned from playing for eight years now is that the goals have to be things that you can actually control and yeah. and achieve. You know, exactly. Like 
our goal, like my goal in the next six months is to put out a record. Like I can control that and achieve that, you know? So in five years from now, it's like, I just want to put out more records <laughs> and as, play as more shows as possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that. So it's a tough one, but I think that would be about what I would say though. Yeah. So you guys, like I mentioned, are on tour. What are some tour essentials you guys can't live without or what you guys bring oh, with that's you? That's a great question. Um, yeah. I always bring cameras because I like taking photos where we go and stuff. And and I think that's important, you know, for remembering what you're doing, you know, and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Toothbrush, I've, toothpaste, I've headphones. I hope so. Oh, yeah. If, you're, if you don't bring headphones, you're just screwed. That's the most obvious one for yeah. sure. Eight hours in the car, no headphones. Every day for weeks at a time. But I actually didn't do this this time, but our friend Theo is with us did. He brought his own pillow. I usually do that every single time. Because if you're sleeping on a random, uncomfortable couch in some random city, for me at least, having my own pillow changes the game on how well of a night's sleep I'm going to have. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Sense of home. Yeah, yeah seriously. Sense. Uh, earplugs, like foam earplugs, <sighs> are mm-hmm. huge for me. Like Because I sleep with them. I also wear them when we play shows. So I have to have like a little... You know, thing of foam earplugs. I wear those all the time. You're gonna have earplugs like your your I know my ears are, are so like crazy. my my ears are just like pink now. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I wear pink ear earplugs yeah, for years. Is that why your AirPods are yeah. pink? I think so. Oh, I mean, I don't I don't dude. know why else they would be. You know, <laughs> there's no reason why it wouldn't or it would otherwise. But but I don't know. Tour essentials. I mean, I can't think of anything that wouldn't be. Straight obvious off the dome. Comfy clothes. I've been trying to pack lighter. Like yeah. every tour, I I try to. Is oftentimes I, I look in my suitcase and I'm like, I didn't wear I didn't wear any of this. Like yeah. I didn't need to bring any of this. <laughs> Two pairs of pants. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe three. Just socks and underwear. It's I like, like literally all you need to bring. <laughs> I like bring socks a few <laughs> shirts. I got drummer butt like every show. So I I like Double to underwear. I sweat through my my yeah. stuff quite often. Yeah. So. Um, I'd like to try to pack like a lot of underwear and socks and stuff, but I don't know. I I end up not using maybe it might be even as high as like sixty or seventy percent of like my clothes. Yeah, that I bring it's probably. On tour. Yeah, um, it takes up the most space for me. Is not anymore. I think I've like I've, I've dialed it back a, a hair and like brought a smaller suitcase. But yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. It was like you said, underwear and socks. I was, I was about to joke. I was like, what is this, Blink-182? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we not, just like this climate. Not right now. No, not After not being in, in Eugene last night. Yeah, no, not, in, not now. Not, yeah. Speaking <laughs> speaking of that, craziest tour moments for uh, you guys have been so far. What are, what are those? What are, what are the, I guess, the craziest that you could think of? Well, we've only been gone for two, like just in general? Oh, or just in general? Oh, just in general. Okay. Talk oh, about, yeah. man. Um, Oh, I mean, even Ever? you could you could even count There's, maybe. Yeah. Even, Enzo, yeah, I think yeah. Enzo got one. We were in Richmond, Virginia, <laughs> back in oh, back dude. in my home state. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, Richmond, Virginia. We were playing this place that has sort of a restaurant and bar, and a separate, almost kind of next door, but they were connected to like a doorway, I guess. But the venue is next door, and uh, apparently, what had happened that night is, um, uh, fine. Lady and gentleman were enjoying their nice dinner at a booth, and a gentleman entered <laughs> wearing nothing but a shirt and uh, went up to this fine lady and gentleman to their table. And I'm gonna make the action to you. I'm gonna see if someone else can describe this, but just went. 
Just like uh, <laughs> he is pointing to his groin, like both yeah. hands, kind of just, uh, oh. just like uh, take a look at it. A thrust. So there's a streaker. Uh, later, I don't, streaker. I don't know. If there's a streaker, flash, flash, or whatever you want to call it. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Later that night, we witnessed Sorry. like a family versus family brawl in the middle of an intersection <laughs> oh, in downtown. I that was Richmond, a different Virginia. place, though. Dude, that was the same. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, that was no, wrong. no. That was, nope. This was it's different. Together, same Pangea. city, different. Yeah. Different same city, different. Different night. Different. Uh, that was on Bad Sons. Crazy. I see. Yeah. Oh, true. I can't. I'm trying to think of another one. Uh. There's so many. There's so honestly, many little ones that like random things that happen. I mean, you know? I guess the first time we went to the UK, we had played. Oh, yeah. This was in the middle of a long tour, and we had played in Santa Ana the night before, and we were exhausted. The next morning, the next we morning we flew to Heathrow. We saw the Heathrow. dude from uh, Peaky Blinders too. I'm pretty sure he was Peaky on Peaky yeah. Blinders. Peaky <laughs> Blinders, isn't he? So, <laughs> so we had flown. I had gotten like no sleep. I don't think anyone really got more than like an hour and a half of sleep. But uh, we pulled up, and the day that we flew in, we were supposed to play yeah. a show. So we loaded in at 5 p.m. And we played that night. We played five consecutive nights. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we played in Santa close. Ana, and then we played in London the next night. And then we played five consecutive shows back to back to back to back. That's some back nights. Yeah. Right back to it. No, never forget oh, that experience. Yeah. I have a selfie of me and Jacob sitting on a public bench that day, and we look like zombies. Yeah. yeah. I got back home, and I had some hard memes. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can relate relate to that. Yeah. Different circumstance, but I can relate to, I can relate mm-hmm. and empathize with that. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of all I have in terms of questions for you guys. Like, cool. Thank, I know you guys got to get up to Portland. and We do. Um, yeah, we're going to Portland. That, so... I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I appreciate you guys for coming on. Thank you yeah. once again. This is really cool that I get to have you guys in studio. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having anytime, us. You're you're welcome by anytime. Uh, just yeah, you you guys have my number, so yeah, thanks yeah. for in the area. Thank yeah. you, KBVR. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's it for me today you're listening to kbbr corvallis i am dj darkstar and everybody have a good rest of your weekend and i will see you all next time i'm on on the airwaves